So whether you celebrate it or not, I think everyone knows what Christmas is, right? Like ask a kid and it's the day where Santa, who is most definitely real, travels all across the globe, slides down the chimney, delivers gifts, and they just so happen to correspond with the stuff that you told your parents that you wanted. How did Santa know that's exactly what you wanted? Well, you know, that's still a mystery that scientists are trying to figure out to this very day. But if you ask an adult about what Christmas really is, and they would tell you that it's the time of the year when you more than likely once again have to reconvene with your family that you just saw less than a month ago for Thanksgiving, but you know, also that it's the last time you're going to have to deal with them for at least another 11 months. Now, with what Christmas is today, either one of those definitions could be considered as true, but that's not what Christmas always was. And even if you know the famous Christmas story from the Bible, that still doesn't give you the full picture of Christmas as the holiday. So how did Christmas go from this to this? Boy, you're such a silly man. Let's do a deep dive. Hindsight. Okay, so quick pause, which is now starting to become like a deep dive staple. But like, this is something that I have to talk about and it really doesn't fit in uh, with any of the other stuff in this deep dive. I mean, it kind of fits in at the end, but I didn't want to put it at the end because it really didn't kind of fit in. But still, we're talking about it here. Because, you know, Christmas. So, we have to do like a really quick, like, <laughs> mini scientific deep dive into how Santa works. Uh, in terms of like, you know, Christmas stuff and delivering gifts. So, with like, the rotation of the Earth, right, and its size, it means that just about half of the world is in the dark. Or like, you know, it's nighttime. While on the other half, it's daytime. Or it's in the light, in the sunlight. So, of course, the line that defines this kind of breakup is known as the International Date Line. And so, with this, that would give Santa actually more than 24 hours to, like, deliver all the gifts. He would actually have 32 hours to do so. Now, assuming that Santa only delivers toys to kids between the ages of 0 and 14, because, you know, after that point, you only get socks and, like, they're not even wrapped anymore. But that would mean that he would have to deliver to just around 1 billion children in that 32-hour time span. But if you remove kids that don't celebrate the holiday, that would leave him with like 600-ish million kids to deliver to. And so like, since we can agree that, you know, Santa is real, that would mean that he and his deer are literally the fastest moving objects on Earth. Because <laughs> they would have to move at a significant fraction of the speed of light at a whopping 1800 miles per second which is funnily enough just around how fast uh the last satellite that went to jupiter was traveling and it took him five years to get to jupiter so you know keeping that in mind but this actually makes sense with the whole idea of what santa is because moving at that speed would cause time dilation 
And so therefore, he would actually have more than 32 hours to make all the deliveries. So that kind of adds up. But along with that, if you're moving at such a speed, that also invokes another universal property known as time contraction. And that pretty much states that the faster an object travels, the smaller it gets. So at the speed that Santa is going, he's going to be pretty freaking small. And so with that, he would be able to actually go down your chimney because you know, he would be shrunk down to an extremely small size. So like this wouldn't theoretically affect the size of the gifts that he delivers because once the gift has been put underneath your tree, it is now at rest or it's now going at the same speed as the rotation of the earth and the orbit of the earth around the sun. So therefore it would then go back to normal size. Like it makes sense. Santa has now been proven as real, at least scientifically, mathematically, perhaps, maybe a little bit. Okay, doesn't matter. Back to the actual deep dive. Okay, so we'll start off with like a brief overview of like the biblical story that became the holiday of Christmas, right? So the Bible reports that Mary and Joseph are kicking it, kind of like in the talking phase of the relationship, but like, you know, the serious talking phase. It's like, you know, they're kind of exclusive, right? And then Mary kind of magically gets pregnant, which is never a good look, right? Especially when you know you're supposed to be exclusive. Also, if you're Joseph, you know if you didn't put the baby in there. That's kind of sus. But, you know, as the story goes, the baby was put there by God. It was supposed to be Jesus, which is all good and well. But the king at the time had ordered census, so everyone had to go back to their hometown. Now, this meant that Mary and Joseph had to travel back to Bethlehem, which was a pretty healthy distance away from Jerusalem when they were chilling. So, as one does at this time of history, I guess, you know, they hop on the donkey, they get to moving. But when they pulled up to Bethlehem, all the hotels were all booked up, and they had nowhere to stay, so they ended up staying in a stable, which I'm sure we can all agree with is absolutely unsanitary and not sterilized, but who cares, because out pops baby Jesus. Of course, you know, the other homies pulled up with, like, gifts and whatnot, where did those guys sleep? I don't know, because we already established that there were no open spots. The world may never know where they slept, because how would we? Like, that's never mentioned in the story. But also, what's not mentioned in the story is that it never said that all of this took place on December 25th, right? Or it doesn't even say that this took place in the winter, for that matter. Like, if you recall back to the Thanksgiving deep dives, the calendar did a whole lot of like moving around and switching up. So when it comes to like the actual math of when this all took place, it's like a little bit iffy at best, right? And along with that, the shepherds that pulled up on him to give him the gifts, right? It said that they were in the field herding their sheep, but there is absolutely no shepherd that would be in the field herding their sheep in the dead of winter. Like that's just bad shepherding as a whole. It'll result in the death of the majority of your flock. So like if we're going along with the story, there really is no way that this happened like actually in winter. So how did we end up with the 25th being Christmas Day? Well, as most generally religious based holidays go, the date was kind of arbitrarily chosen. Like there really doesn't have anything to do with like the actual history of the thing being celebrated. Right now, the actual origins of December 25th being the day that Jesus was born 
it's very unknown. No one really knows how that was landed upon. I mean, there are a few theories based on some historical writings. Uh, one theory suggests that the 25th was chosen based on the spring equinox, which in most older forms of Christianity, or more so classical Catholic beliefs, was cited as the time when the earth was created. Now, since light was created on the fourth day, that was agreed upon to be the day of Jesus' conception, and that would land on March 25th. So, nine months after March 25th is, of course, December 25th. Thus, that would be the day that Jesus was born. Now, of course, this is just completely a theory and kind of what they would call a priori in Latin, which is a term applied to knowledge considered to be true without actually being based on any actual previous experience or observation, which kind of sounds like something we talked about in last week's deep dive. We won the fucking day. Donald Trump is still our president. So the thing to remember about Christmas and its origins and all of that is that this wasn't some religiously ordained holiday, you know, required to be celebrated uh, based on like biblical requirement or biblical commandment. See, Christmas from the start was a man-made idea. In fact, when it was first introduced, it was widely rejected by the church. Now, of course, this is like very back in the early days, of, like Europe, when like, the church was, you know, more integral uh, to like society and kind of like built into society, had literal laws written about it, all that good jazz. Once again, think back to the Thanksgiving deep dive we talked about all that stuff. Now, around this time, celebrating birthdays was not a thing. In fact, it was even frowned upon by like fathers of the church. They said it was like a, a pagan custom to celebrate the day you were born. And they made no exception for Jesus. However, after the whole idea being introduced several times over and over, along with like the classical church fathers dying and being replaced by more contemporary fathers, the holiday of Christmas was eventually born. Now, the original Christmas celebration of like the mid-16th century involved going to Christmas Mass in the morning and then having a huge celebration afterwards where you would finally get the chance to get drunk and go buck wild all in the name of holiness, which, strangely enough, sounds very similar to what Thanksgiving was like originally. And funnily enough, the pilgrims are actually involved in this story as well, especially when it comes to Christmas in the West. So, like I said before, Christmas was not always widely accepted as a holiday. And even after it became a thing, there were still people who weren't really down for it. So, in 1645, when the Puritan movement began to take over England, they actually canceled the holiday of Christmas altogether. Although, this move wasn't exactly popular with many people of the church, and so when Charles II returned to the throne, he brought back Christmas, kind of like appeasing the people. Now, the pilgrims that came over on the Mayflower, they shared essentially the same viewpoint as the Puritans, if not, you know, an even more extreme viewpoint than that. And they felt very similar about the holiday of Christmas, choosing not to celebrate it when they came over to America, even going as far as to banning the holiday as a whole. And so if you were caught celebrating it, you could be fined. And that's honestly kind of funny, because if you remember as to why the pilgrims came over to America, kind of religious persecution, getting fined for different beliefs, but besides the point. This all changed after the American Revolution, 
when like in an effort to differentiate themselves from England, the new country of America moved away from the old English traditions. But even then still, Christmas wasn't federally recognized until June of 1870. Now, it was around this time when the idea of what Christmas was began to kind of change, especially with the book A Christmas Carol written by Charles Dickens, who was actually an English author. Now, the story shared the idea of putting aside differences and coming together as a people, right, both rich and poor, and doing so in the celebration of the holiday and mainly the elites sharing their wealth with the poor. Now, along with this, the idea of parents taking a day to, like, really treat their kids became a really popular concept. But still, we aren't to what Christmas is today. In order to get there, we just talk about the power of advertisement. I like to buy the world a coat and keep it company. So when it comes to the traditions of modern-day Christmas, the most iconic aspect of that is Santa Claus the perpetual offender of breaking and entering, but we're all just okay with it. Now, the Santa that we know today is not the Santa that has always been. Right? Originally, there was St. Nicholas, who was actually a real person. So he was a monk from Turkey in 280 AD, and he gave away all his wealth and would travel the countryside helping poor and sick children, and he would bring them gifts to kind of lift their spirits. And so when the holiday became recognized in America in the 1800s, the Dutch families of New York kept the tradition of celebrating St. Nick, especially his death. And for short, they called him Sinterklaas. And that is how we got the name Santa Claus. And I probably pronounced the Dutch version very, very wrong. Now, the original St. Nick was by no means a fat, jolly old man. In fact, like early depictions of him look kind of like a Slenderman elf kind of strange, he definitely did not look like a nice grandpa kind of guy. Now, it wasn't until 1820 when Clement Clark Moore released his poem, An Account of a Visit from St. Nicholas, which of course has the world's famous line, Twas the Night Before Christmas. And in this poem, he describes St. Nick as a not-so-creepy-looking elf, but more as a jolly-ish man, kind of like what we know today. And he would fly around and deliver a bunch of gifts to all the kids who had been good this year, doing so on his magical flying sled. Even still, though, with his new description, any artistic realization of Santa Claus was still kind of like a creepy-looking tall dude wearing animal skins. But in 1820, Civil War artist Thomas Nast drew the first version of the fat old man Santa that we know today. Except back then, he was like a union supporter, because, you know, politics. After this first new depiction of him, Nast went back and like tweaked and edited the idea for over 30 years before we ended up with, you know, today's Santa. Well, kind of like today's Santa. The idea of Santa was really immortalized by one of the most world-famous companies who were the masters of advertisement, Coca-Cola. The first version of this came in 1930, when the artist Fred Meisen created a painting of a department store Santa drinking a bottle of Coke in the middle of a huge crowd, getting his Coke from the world's largest Coke machine located in St. Louis, Missouri, which I think is still there. Now, the following year, Coke decided they wanted to keep pushing with this campaign of like a super wholesome kind of Santa, and they commissioned artist Haddon Sunblum to create that advertisement. Now. 
in his creation, he kind of moved away from the image of Santa being a guy dressed up as a character and instead made Santa a character on his own. And this ad got plastered absolutely everywhere and was in absolutely everything. And it worked. The people fell in love with this idea of Santa and this new image of him delivering gifts to all the boys and girls of the world. It was from this that the idea of Santa coming down the chimney and hanging out with kids that stayed awake on Christmas Eve kind of came to be. And this wasn't limited to only America. See, like I said, Coke is one of the largest international brands. So this idea of Santa kind of became embedded in the worldwide culture of Christmas as a whole. So by this point, Christmas was no longer about celebrating the birth of Jesus or anything like that. The true meaning of Christmas was getting together with family, spreading love and plenty of I don't know, good vibes to the people around you. And, you know, of course, the gifts. Lots and lots and lots of gifts. I'd like to buy the world a home, furnish it with love, grow apple trees, honey bees, and snow white turtle doves. I'd like to teach the world to sing in perfect harmony. So that wraps up the deep dive. I was going to say that wraps up this year of deep dives, but we still got one more to go. So not the entire year, but that wraps up this deep dive. Christmas one. This is considerably better than the Thanksgiving one because I released it before the holiday. Because <laughs> the Thanksgiving one came out after Thanksgiving, <laughs> but whatever. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed it. As always, if you did enjoy it, enjoy the podcast, give it a like, give it a follow, give it a rating, all that good jazz to let me know that you like. Of course, if you do like it, share it with your friends because good friends give friends good things and you want to be a good friend. So give your friend a good thing. If you want to follow on social media, it is at Gallo Hat on the IGs. And as always, 8 a.m. Eastern, same time, same place, every single day. I'm going to see you before Christmas, or at least you're going to hear from me before Christmas. So I'm going to say Merry Christmas now, uh, or Happy Holiday, whatever one you prefer. I don't care. It's, it's a holiday. Do whatever you want. Hopefully, though, if I don't hear you, or you don't hear me before Christmas, hopefully you have an enjoyable one. If you don't celebrate it, hope you just have an enjoyable day, a nice day off of work, just chilling, hanging out, doing whatever you do. And yeah, while you're doing whatever you do, don't forget to stay hella hydrated. Drink plenty of water. And of course, I'll see you tomorrow.